Chapter Nine of the Fall River Tragedy by Edwin H. Porter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine. Theories advanced. By Monday morning, following the tragedy, the fact that some member of the Borden family was suspected of the crime by the police became a matter of public comment. But withal, there was nothing to substantiate this suspicion except that the officers kept up their daily and nightly watch of the house and its surroundings public sentiment began to be divided the police had a large following who believed implicitly in their ability to ferret out the crimes and it soon became nosed about that no lesser person than the district attorney himself was in hearty cooperation with the officers and shared with them the fear that some member of the household was the author of the crime whether this rumour was based upon fact or not Will be decided by those who follow the course of subsequent events friends of the borden household became mightily aroused to the trend of public opinion and to the now undisguised work of the police four days had passed and the officers of the law seemed to find no other clue than that which kept them inside the borden yard those people who found that it was beyond the pale of human conception to suspect that the crime could have been committed by a member of the household began to rally to the support of the suspected parties and the influence was felt in certain quarters yet it did not disarm the frightful suspicion cruel and groundless though it might have been the public had been led to suspect that arrests would be made on or before saturday night people became confirmed in the view that there never would be a conviction and sentence of the guilty party up to this time absolutely nothing but circumstantial evidence had been discovered and for the most part it was fair to suppose that no evidence of any other nature had been gathered this was an unpleasant conclusion to reach and men did not arrive at it cheerfully but they were forced to accept it nevertheless they saw but one bright spot in the murky horizon and that was a tiny one the government might sooner or later strike a clue which would put them on the right track of the assassin who whether male or female might break down and confess but if the assassin had no confederates and kept his own counsel he was safe such was the course of reasoning pursued on monday and it seemed to be logical the police had been terribly in earnest in their work and they had pursued it efficiently and effectively they had been severely criticised as they undoubtedly expected to be but perhaps that was unjust at the start they were caught at a disadvantage they were the victims of circumstances which could entangle them but one day in the year and perhaps a mistake was made when they did not take absolute and immediate possession of the house barn and yard and place a guard in every room yet had this been done the well-meaning public would perhaps have been more caustic in criticism if they did make a mistake it was a matter which no human being could sit in judgment upon they had to deal with a horror calculated to stagger any detective force in the world whatever its training skill or experience an unparalleled horror it may be but one without an equal in the annals of new england crime that a false step was taken during the first hour of the commotion was not surprising among the many theories which were advanced as to who was responsible for the crime that of mr john beatty then an alderman of fall river was sufficed to show how deeply the people had thought upon the subject mr beatty said in a published interview my theory and it is mine alone is one formed from the circumstances of the case 
the brain which devised this crime was cunning enough to devise beforehand the means to escape detention supposing it was a woman she was cunning enough to wear a loose wrapper which would have covered her clothes and gloves which would have protected her hands from the stains of blood if so there was time to burn both wrapper and gloves in the hot fire which was known to have been burning in the kitchen stove at the time of the tragedy the alderman's theory is simply given here to show the trend of public opinion and while it was perhaps his own there were many conservative people who shared it with him on sunday two outside clues came up for consideration of the authorities special officers harrington and doherty were sent out to find one thomas walker and succeeded the man was taken to task concerning his whereabouts on thursday and he told his story he was a tailor and worked for thomas carey on main street had been recently married and moved into a tenement belonging to andrew j borden which was located on fourth street the rumour had been that walker had experienced domestic troubles and after a long period of temperance had taken some intoxicants three weeks before the tragedy mr borden called at carey's shop and had a talk with walker the rent was due and mr borden wanted it paid or else he wanted walker to move out after some argument the tenant concluded to move and did so it was rumoured that unpleasant words had passed between the two men and the police deemed it advisable to give walker a chance to make an explanation mr walker told so straight and clear a story of his whereabouts on that day that it was taken for truth and especially so when mr carey his employer corroborated every statement which he made the other clue was to the effect that a portuguese had been seen burying a bloody hatchet on the borden farm in swansea officer medley visited the farm and searched in vain where the axe was alleged to have been buried he found a portuguese labourer who had been on the farm all day thursday and who had killed some chickens for market another clue which showed a strong point in support of miss borden's story of having been in the barn was that told by one hyman lubinsky he said that while driving on second street at ten thirty a m on thursday he saw a woman in the borden yard noticed her walk from the barn to the side door on the north and enter the description which he gave of the woman fitted that of miss lizzie and it appeared to verify her story of having been in the barn as before stated this man was not introduced by the defence at the preliminary trial but there was a clue which caused no end of comment both personal and in the press information reached the police that officer joseph hyde had seen a suspicious-looking stranger in the vicinity of second street on that morning on the following tuesday dr b j handy one of the best-known physicians in the city made public the fact that he also saw a very strange appearing man on second street on the morning of the murder between ten twenty five and ten forty five o'clock the doctor took some notice of this man and in the afternoon while in conversation with his wife he became more and more impressed with the idea that the stranger had some connection with the awful crime this theory became a matter of much importance and dr handy did not at this time know that officer hyde was reported to have seen a similar person dr handy's statement was that at some time within fifteen minutes of ten thirty o'clock that morning he was driving down second street when as he was passing the residence of dr kelly which is the next house south of the borden premises his attention was attracted to a pedestrian walking slowly along the sidewalk near the borden house 
ordinarily the face of a stranger would not excite much interest in the mind of dr handy inasmuch as he was continually passing the streets of the city on his professional calls in this case however he looked twice at the passer-by and even turned in his carriage to inspect him more closely just what caused him to do this the doctor did not definitely explain there was a peculiarity about the man which he could not exactly describe the individual was about thirty years of age five feet five inches in height weight perhaps about a hundred and twenty five or a hundred and thirty pounds his clothes were of light grey of just what cut and texture the doctor could not positively state nor could he tell whether the man's hat was of felt or straw it was not the dress which attracted dr handy it was the man's features which he saw he was pale almost white not with the ghastly pallor of a sick man but rather the whitish appearance of a man whose face had not been touched by the sun's rays who might have been in confinement or whose work was of such nature as to keep him constantly in a cellar there was something beyond this paleness which aroused the doctor particularly to observe him and that was that he appeared to be in a state of intense nervousness within an hour after dr handy had heard of the terrible tragedy and within three hours after he had seen the queer-looking stranger he had in his own mind decided that the unknown knew something of the murders he communicated his suspicions to the police and gave a complete description of the man more unfavourable comment was directed at the authorities because they failed to find this man as readily as they did other suspects than was apparently absolutely necessary column after column of the leading newspapers were devoted to the discussion of this stranger until he became known as dr handy's wild-eyed man and while the police were accused of neglecting this seemingly important clue there are trustworthy men who know and can show beyond contradiction that he was sought after in the most diligent manner so faithfully in fact did the officers search for the stranger all the while neglecting if it may be called by that name to follow more plausible clues many of them finally said they were forced to the conclusion that the wild-eyed man was a myth and that with all due respect to dr handy's opinions and conclusions but myth or reality some of the friends of miss lizzie insisted that he be materialized if the former or produced if the latter there was a man known to the police as mike the soldier and he in a measure seemed to fit the description of the wild-eyed pursuing the plan which marshal hilliard did from the beginning of following every clue no matter how trivial or unimportant his men were sent in every direction to hunt the curious stranger mike the soldier was discovered as will be seen later end of chapter nine